It is such a joy to be back here in Venetia and to see everyone again. Many of you probably know me, but for those who don't, my name is Brother Patrick, and I was the residency brother back in 2018. Sorry, I have a little cough. <coughs> so I was the residency brother back in 2018, and I was just ordained a deacon last week. <coughs> so I'd like to begin with a question. What was the first sound that you ever heard? I think there's a good chance that the first sound you ever heard was your mom's heartbeat. When you were an unborn child, at first you heard nothing, and then you heard this. this soothing rhythm of your mom's heartbeat. And when Jesus was an unborn child, the first thing he heard was perhaps Mary's heartbeat. Isn't that interesting? The word became flesh, and then he encountered a heart. This heart of Mary shows up at least three times in Luke's gospel. Simeon looks at Mary and says that a sword of sorrow is going to pierce your heart. And then twice it says that Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And think of the heart of Mary at the Annunciation. The angel says, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But her heart was troubled. Why was she troubled? Well, maybe Mary was troubled because the angel was praising Mary. And Mary prefers not to think about herself. Now, there's nothing wrong with thinking about yourself, but isn't it true that sometimes we think about ourselves too much? I mean, a lot of our sins are really just sins of selfishness, and they come from, for example, me spending too much time thinking about myself. But Mary preferred not to think about herself. And so when the angel says, you are full of grace, and the Lord is with you, well, of course it's going to feel troubling to Mary. But when we praise Mary today, which we do every time we say the rosary, she is not troubled. Why is she not troubled? Because when she said yes to the angel, she came to understand that any glory given to her would be glory given to God. And so she says to Elizabeth, all generations will call me blessed. But she's okay with that. Because as she says, my soul magnifies the Lord she doesn't magnify herself. She is now the greatest creature in the universe. And it doesn't bother her at all because her heart is so in love with God that any glory given to her is glory given to God. And just think, the throne of God is surrounded by seraphim. 
There's these angels that are on fire with love for God. In fact, that's what the word seraphim means, one who's on fire. They're on fire with love for God. They never cease to sing, holy, holy, holy. And yet, even they could not love as much as this one beating heart of the virgin at Nazareth. And when Mary and Joseph lost their 12-year-old Jesus, you know that story, right? They lost their 12-year-old Jesus, and they're running around Jerusalem looking for him. That heart of Mary must have been beating so fast. Now think of the heart of Mary when Jesus was on the cross. Her heart was pierced with a sword of sorrow. And then Jesus looked at Mary, and he said, Behold your son. And then he looked at John the Apostle, and by extension, he looked at all of us. And then he said to us, Behold your mother. And then Mary took all of us as her children. That heart of Mary, which beat so lovingly for Jesus, is now beating for each of us with a mother's love. Just like she taught her child Jesus how to walk, and she's got her arms open, ready to catch him. Now she's teaching us how to walk toward heaven, and she's got her arms open, ready to catch us when we cry for help. And isn't that exactly what we're doing when we say the rosary? The rosary is just a way of saying, Mom, help. Mom, catch me. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. In other words, Mom, come and tuck me into bed when I fall asleep in death. I don't want to die alone. I want the beating heart of my mother Mary right next to me. So pray the rosary often so that whatever spiritual battle we have to fight at the hour of our death, we will not have to fight it alone. Mary will be right there to crush the head of the serpent. So pray the rosary for a holy death. Ponder the mysteries. And I would also ask, pray the rosary for me and for all the Dominican student brothers, because we depend so much on Mary. And one thing, one thing that might help you pray for us is the envelope in your pew. See these envelopes? They got these great pictures of all the Dominican student brothers. So you can take it home with you and pray for each of us by name. These envelopes have another purpose. So for that, I will give the pulpit to Brother Kevin Peter. Fun fact, Brother Kevin Peter was actually my classmate in college before we joined the Dominicans. And he is a wonderful brother, so I'm sure you're going to love having him this year. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for giving me a wonderful residency year back in 2018. Know that you, the people of Benicia, are in my prayers. And here is Brother Kevin Peter. Thanks to Brother Patrick for the wonderful preaching. 
and thank you to all of you uh, for your patience in this time where uh, you have no option but to stay here and listen to me ask you for money. Uh, but more seriously, thank you to all of you. Thank you so much to all of you here in Benicia. You've, the, we have a long, the Dominicans have a long history here in Benicia, stretching back actually well over a century. And you've supported the province, the order, so much, both by your spiritual support, which is the most essential thing to do, but also financially, which is also necessary for us. And it's why I am up here on this Rosary Sunday. For those of you who were here last week, I was able to share a little bit of my vocation story. Uh, but something I wasn't able to share about why I came to the Dominicans, one of the reasons I chose the Dominicans, the order of preachers, um, is that so when I was discerning priesthood and religious life, I, I, had, I thought about the contemplative life only, the life of monks, the life devoted solely to prayer and work uh, for and with God. It's a beautiful life. Uh, in fact, Jesus tells Martha of Bethany that it's the better part. So while I had this desire, there was another desire, though, on my heart. Uh, because I think, like probably most of you, I grew up in this country and in this culture. And it's this, I love this country very, very dearly. Uh, but I've witnessed firsthand the darkness that comes into a life without Christ. I'm one of the blessed few, and I mean that in the fullest sense of the word. I'm blessed, blessed few who received a really good, strong catechesis when I was growing up. The, the what of the faith, but also why. Why do we care? Why do we do this? The vast majority of my acquaintances did not receive this gift. And instead, to kind of generalize a little bit, but bear with me, they received what our culture implicitly or explicitly kind of promises, which is that life is about immediate pleasure, maybe some kind of long-term satisfaction in general. That's it. A little bit of pleasure, then it's it. that's it. That's all there is to life. So drugs, sexual addiction, these things found many of my contemporaries, while they were still very young, they were given no robust, no real reason to hope. And so I've seen it, even for those of my contemporaries who didn't, were not found by those evils, young, I've seen the, the anxiety, the depression, and, and even the suicide that is just, is so common and more and more, more and more common. So, so while I was discerning, I had this, I felt there was a desire for this contemplative life, this contemplative union with God, right? Which is, in fact, I mean, it's, it's all of our vocation. It's this life of heaven. It's face-to-face it's -face with God and, and the ravishing delight of his presence. But there was this other desire, this, for, for, for lack of a better way to, to put it, to kind of to, to scream out, like, there's more. There's hope. There's, God, God became like you, for you. And yes, the way is narrow and steep, but... It's a way of walking it in friendship with the Lord and, and delight in his ways. But, but how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him?
St. Paul to the Romans. So here I am, I'm a, I'm a friar of the order of preachers. I'm studying to be a priest of Jesus Christ as well. This is our mission, this is the mission of our order. It's always been so. And I can tell you our province has been very blessed, blessed with men zealous and eager for this mission. For the last 10 years, the vocations have actually grown by about 34%. We have 35 men in formation in, this, in our province right now. But as I'm sure you well know, living and studying on the West Coast is not cheap. All told, it costs about $1.8 million every year just for the brothers to support the brothers who are in formation. We need a roof over our heads. We need books and teachers, especially for, for our vocation. We need medicine. We need food. We need sacred vessels with which to render fitting praise to God as, as best we can. And we don't receive support from the diocese or from Rome. We've always, this, our order has always relied on the support of the people of God. St. Paul continues in that passage, and how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? We cannot be sent without your help. And so I, I'm going to ask two things of you today. One, say at least one prayer for, for us and our formation, our holiness. A whole rosary would be fantastic, like Brother Patrick said. That's great. If you can't, if you don't have time, whatever it is, one Hail Mary would be great. I'll settle for that. Our work is impossible. It's fruitless without the Lord's help. It's not possible. The second thing that I'd ask, if you can, please give today support in support of our formation. I know it's been a difficult couple of years. Maybe you can't give much, but... The Lord rewards the generous heart, and he, always, he blesses the generous gift. He refers to the widow who couldn't give much, but she gave generously. And that's the kind of gift that the Lord makes abound. So I ask in your generosity, if, you can, if you're able to give today, to please do so to support our work and our formation. One last thing I'd note, as Brother, as Brother Patrick noted, these envelopes where you can uh, make the donations, they also, you can tear off this little piece with all our faces on here uh, in praying for us a powerful thing to focus your intention is to have you know if you're praying for somebody to have them in front of you for example their picture so um, if you wanted to pray for um, say brother Kevin Peter he's right here you could really focus that prayer and ask for God's graces upon him that day Thank you so much. Thank you to all of you. Thank you for your support in the past and, and your ongoing support because it's the only thing that makes our life and our work for souls possible. Thank you.